0: Today's scripture is Luke chapter 24, verses 36 to 49. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened, and they thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that Christ should suffer on the third day and rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word.
1: Well amazingly, amazingly beloved, it has been a year a year ago that uh, we began this series of messages in the Gospel of Luke, looking at particularly this theme of those whom Jesus came to save and and as we come to the end of this series of messages there uh, dare I say uh, come to what I think is not just the last, but perhaps the most important, I think, of all those messages. And I call it the most important, not because of the fact that I am preaching it. Don't get that twisted. It's not important because I'm preaching it and not Pastor Phil. Uh, It is important not because I'm preaching it or the manner in which I'm, I'm preaching it, but it is important because of what Jesus did. It's important because of what Jesus said. What he said to his disciples on this occasion and therefore what he said to us by extension. Why I would dare say it's the most important. If you are anything like me, and I would hope that in most instances you're not, but in this instance I hope you are, in this one I hope you are, then you have been most blessed as you have been on this journey of messages as we have been going through the Gospel of Luke. Luke. I know I have been, I have been blessed as we have been able to look and listen and learn of Jesus and his love and his grace as he has directly and indirectly encountered the world that he came to redeem. And looking at Jesus uniquely as we have from the perspective and the eyes of the gospel of Luke, we, we have seen Jesus. We have seen Jesus from the womb to the empty tomb. We have seen Jesus From the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night to the good shepherd who has laid down his life for his sheep. We have listened and we have learned as Luke has revealed Jesus as the Savior who does not discriminate. He came to save all the young and the old, the Gentile and the Jew, the rich and the poor. He came to save all. He came to save the lost and the oppressed. He came to deliver the sick and the demon-possessed. He came to call the women and the men. He came to call the, the blind and the broken. He came to call the unclean and the unwanted. In Christ Jesus, God was doing a new thing, that new thing that he had long promised that he would do, and that is, beloved, out of the many, he was going to make one people. Out of the many, he was going to make one. One people called according to his purpose. And these rag tag group of disciples that Jesus had gotten together, these group of men and women would be his witnesses. And this group, this rather hodgepodge, this group, a group like nothing the world had ever seen this motley crew Jesus had gotten together would be the crew that would be the initial witnesses of this new thing. And the resurrection would be the seal on the deal. Now, beloved, this was just, this was, this was Twilight Zone stuff. I mean, you you just have to think about it. We look at it, we look at it from our perspective looking back on it. But while you're in it, this is Twilight Zone stuff. Okay, nobody could have made this up. the resurrection was going to seal this new deal. The ministry of Jesus beloved was something that the world had never seen before. And it was the most exciting thing ever. And all of a sudden it came crashing down and then the resurrection. And now The disciples were supposed to believe that the resurrection was always the key. They thought that going to Jerusalem was the key. And now they were supposed to believe no. The plan was always the resurrection. Resurrection was always the key. And so, as we saw last week, when Jesus died, okay? The band started falling apart. The band started falling apart because they thought Jerusalem was, they thought going to Jerusalem was the issue. They thought that was the key. And when that fall up, fell apart, the band fell apart. The Beatles were gone. They just, they just suspended. The Beatles just suspended. The Rolling Stones, that was it. It was gone. Earth, wind, and fire just (laughs) done. No, no, and that's why Jesus met the disciples on the road to Emmaus and say, No, 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 no. Paul McCartney's all right. John Lennon is alive. It's okay. The Beatles are gonna be fine. No, beloved. The resurrection is the key. Everyone was going their separate ways. It was great why it lasted. But the ride was over. And then it happened. And then it happened. The women went to the tomb. The tomb was empty. And as we saw last week, what a difference a day makes. One day, hope was dead. The next day, hope is springing eternal. And beloved, I know it's hard for us to imagine. But in Luke 24, those past, those 24 hours were life changing. I mean, they were not just life changing, they were history changing. And that is all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't think we really grasp. I don't think we really grasp how serious a moment the resurrection was. Do you realize, beloved? Do you realize? That the only reason, the only reason that you and I are gathered in this place today is because of what happened 2,000 years ago as recorded in the text of Scripture that you have sitting in your lap right there 2,000 years ago. That's the only reason. That's the only reason that you and I are in this room this morning. I want you to look around. Look around. Look around at the myriad of faces and ask yourself why we are here this morning. Why are we here? What made this possible? Look, look around. Don't look at me. Look. Look, look at all these people in here. Why are we here? It's not because we pull for the same team. Some of y'all pull for the Falcons. Some of y'all pull for the Saints. Some of y'all pull for the Bulldogs. Some of y'all pull for the jackets. Some of y'all roll tide. Some of y'all wore eagle. It's not because we are related. Some of us are. Not everybody's a bino. (laughs) <laughs> it's not because we all speak the same native tongue. Some of us, most of us speak English. Some of us habla espanol, como estas? Muy bien, gracias you usted. <laughs> No, Amara, no, Amara, no, Amara. The only reason, the only reason we are in this room is the same reason that the disciples were in that room in Luke 24. It's because Jesus was not in that tomb. You think about that, beloved. You think about that. It's the only reason, the only reason is because that tomb was empty then and it is still empty now. It was true then It is true now. Jesus is alive. And those disciples were gathered together in Jerusalem, and they wanted to know more. That's why they were there. They had heard that Jesus was alive, and they wanted to know more. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Jesus is alive, and I need to know more. I need to know what that means. I need to know now, how am I supposed to live? That's what they they wanted to know. They need to know, okay, he's alive. Now, what am I supposed to do, Pastor Phil? Now, what am I supposed to do? Because that's what disciples do. They didn't stay in a mess. Why? Because Jesus is alive and now I need to know what am I supposed to do. Why are you go to church on, on Sunday morning? Because Jesus is alive and I need to know what am I supposed to do. I'm not staying home. Why? Because Jesus is alive and I need to know what am I supposed to do. That's why they went. I got to find Peter. Why? Because Jesus is alive and I need to know what I'm supposed to do. And so Cle- Cleotus, <laughs> Cleotus and his partner headed back to Jerusalem. Last week, beloved, we saw how the Lord walked and talked with his discouraged and dispirited disciples on the road to Emmaus. And this week, amazingly, beloved, this week, we see the Lord Jesus again met with his disciples Okay, this week he met with his disciples, but this time the Bible describes these disciples not as dispirited and not as discouraged, but he describes them as disbelieving and doubting, okay? And yet the point is clear. Whether it's dispirited or discouraged, disbelieving or doubting, the answer that God offers is the same. It's the same then, it's the same now. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. For the dispirited, Jesus is alive. For the discouraged, Jesus is alive. For the disbelieving, Jesus is alive. For the doubting, Jesus is alive. When the two disciples in Emmaus returned to Jerusalem and met Peter and the others, what did they hear? Verse 34, Luke chapter 24 says, They heard, the Lord is risen indeed. That's what they heard. They heard, the Lord is risen. They responded, The Lord is risen indeed. That's what they heard. They heard, the Lord is risen, the Lord is risen indeed. That's what they heard. And you know what this became? This became the greeting of encouragement between the disciples. It's what they did. This is is how they would meet and greet each other. This eventually became the meet and greet. This eventually became how they meet and greeted one another. You know, when we greet each other, we say hi. We say, what's up? We say, how you doing? We say, walk on, bruv, walk on. That's what we say. They said, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. What a wonderful encouragement. What a wonderful encouragement. Hey, bro, what's up? The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Being reminded where your hope and strength lies. Being reminded that your hope and your strength does not rely, does not lie within yourself, that your strength is not in yourself. It is not in the fickleness of your day-to-day circumstances, that your hope is not in the uncertainty of your own love life. But in the firm foundation of your living Savior, Jesus Christ, especially, especially in the toughness and the confusing of the fickleness of your times. And there were no more tough or confusing times than the times that the disciples were in. There were no more tough and confusing times than in the beginning, just after the resurrection. It's really hard. It's really hard, beloved, to appreciate how difficult it was for them. It really is. It's really hard to believe and to take in everything that was going on. And Jesus, Jesus really understood how difficult it was. He understood. Because you do understand that the disciples, the disciples at the time, they were not walking around in public. You know, they were afraid. Jesus had just been publicly executed. Their leader had just been publicly executed. They feared for their own lives. They were in hiding. They were meeting in secret. They were not on sure footing. They were not sure what to do. They were not sure where to go. They were not sure what to believe. And so even though they were meeting, they were gathered together. They were meeting behind closed doors. And not only were those doors closed. Beloved, those doors were locked. Those doors were bolted. They were meeting behind closed doors, closed windows, bolted doors, bolted shutters so that they could discuss what was happening. What was going on? What had happened? What the text says. They had returned from a mess, gotten together, and they're discussing these things. Creonas had come back to Jerusalem and said, okay. And they meeting with him and they say, okay, now who saw what? Who saw who? You heard what? What do you think you heard? Now, you got to imagine all these rumors are floating around and all this is still shocking. And somebody said to Cleotas, are you sure you think you saw Jesus? I know that's what I would have said, bro. <laughs> you, th- bro. Yeah, come on, bro. You think you saw Jesus. And he said, yeah, bro, I saw. I know what I saw, man. I know what I saw. I saw the man. You don't tell me I saw the man. I saw the man. I knew I, knew I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus. I knew who Jesus is. I saw Jesus. <laughs> okay, and you said you saw Jesus, and then he just disappeared. <laughs> and you just said he's standing right there. He just disappeared. Y'all y'all go eat. Y'all, sit eating, y'all just eating, and he just disappeared like that. Yeah, man, he just disappeared just like that. Y'all know that's how the conversation went. They sitting in the room trying to figure out. And just as they were discussing these matters, just as you and I might imagine, how that conversation was taking place. Beloved, just as you and I might imagine that conversation was taking place, then just as you and I might not imagine, the Bible says in verse 36, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood amongst them and said, peace be among you. Stop it. Jesus didn't knock on the door. Uh Jesus didn't walk through the door. The Bible says he suddenly appeared to them. Peace, brothers. <laughs> Peace, brothers. Now listen, beloved. This week is Halloween. If you drive down Bryant Street, or along Rugby Avenue, this week, okay? you're going to see all kinds of ghostly and Halloween creations and decorations. And if you walk down those areas on Halloween night, I am sure that people will all of a sudden pop out of nowhere. And when they do, you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, what they're going to say? Boo! That's right. They're going to say, boo! Because they're going to try to scare you. But when Jesus appeared, beloved, Jesus didn't say, boo. No, beloved. Jesus appeared, and Jesus said, Peace, brothers. Peace. Peace be upon you. Jesus had no intention of scaring them. Jesus did not come to scare. Jesus came to comfort. Jesus did not come to cause fear. Jesus came to bring faith. And yet, beloved, the Bible says in verse 37, that they were startled, they were frightened. In fact, the King James says, terrified, thinking that they had seen a ghost that they had seen a ghost, a ghost, a ghost beloved. Someone once asked me, pastor, do you believe in ghosts? I said, well, that depends. Do you mean Casper or Holy? Well, the, apparently the disciples did. The disciples did. You remember in Mark chapter 6? Jesus had put them out on the boat to get across the lake, and they got themselves out there in the midst of the storm. And Jesus is out there in the midst of the waters in the watch of the night, and they look up and they see Jesus, or they see something walking on the water. And the only thing that they could think about of anything that could be walking on the water at that hour could be a ghost. In Mark chapter six and verse 49, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost and they cried out because they saw him and were terrified. And immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. They were terrified, beloved, not because they thought they saw Jesus, don't miss that, They were terrified. The disciples in the room were terrified, not because they thought they saw Jesus. They were terrified because they thought they saw a ghost. The disciples on the boat were terrified not because they thought they saw Jesus. They were terrified because they thought they saw a ghost. Nobody wants to see a ghost. Nobody wants to see a ghost. I know we entertain ourselves with the foolishness of zombies and the walking dead. But nobody really wants to see the dead walking. Tell the truth. Nobody really wants to see the dead walking. And Jesus came and wanted to reassure his disciples that his appearing to them is not some version of the walking dead. This is not Sonoya, Georgia, beloved. This is not the walking dead. And so he says to them in verse 39, hold on boys, look at my hands, look at my feet, this is I. This is me, touch me, see me, I am not a ghost. You don't have any reason to be afraid. don't see ghosts. Did you hear what I said? Stop seeing ghosts. I'm here. Stop seeing ghosts. I'm alive. Stop seeing ghosts. I'm here. I'm alive. Stop seeing ghosts. I'm alive. So was a living Savior. He doesn't come to scare. He's here to save. He didn't say boo. He said peace. Peace. Fear not. Our God is alive. And peace is for the living. You do know that. Peace is for the living. Peace is for the living, beloved. When someone dies, we often say, may he or she rest in peace. No, beloved, peace is not for the dead. Peace is for the living. And if the dead are resting in peace, it is because the dead is alive in Christ. Say amen. It's for the living, beloved. They were afraid. And Jesus said what he always say when we are afraid. Peace. Peace. Peace be still. He doesn't yell. Peace. I was thinking this week, Pastor Phil. That... um, Whenever your kids are loud, right? When you tell them to be quiet, you get loud. (laughs) That means you really don't have any power for them to be quiet. Real power for them to be quiet is quiet. Because peace can be quiet. And bring peace. So when Jesus comes. And brings peace. He says. Peace. And the storm. Quiets. Jesus, this is good. When he comes. Into the midst of those brothers. He doesn't yell. He says. Peace. When he comes into the midst of the storm on the sea, he doesn't scream at the waves. He says, Peace. When he walks into our lives, he doesn't shout. He walks in and says, We're afraid, we're afraid. We are told that fear is one of the most basic human emotions and is one of the most prominent, motivating factors in our lives. It is the foundation Many bad decisions. People get into bad relationships out of fear. Get in a bad relationship because you're afraid that a better one isn't coming along. You make bad financial decisions out of fear. Get into bad habits. Say bad words. Bad and make bad decisions and regrets. Fear has been the source of more self-destructive and discouragement and even death in our lives than anything else. And this is why God so often says to his people over and over again, Fear not, fear not. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Fear not. Isaiah 41 and 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jesus says to his disciples in John chapter 14 and verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do not be afraid. And here and here, in Luke 24 and verse 38, he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in you? Your minds. He's here. Jesus, I'm here. This is what He's saying to them. It is I. I am here. I'm here. I'm with you. See my hands, see my feet. It is I, the Savior. I am with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's assurance that we need not fear. It is God saying, everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Everything is gonna be all right, guys. Everything's gonna be all right. This is gonna be all right. That's what Reverend Al Green said. Everything is gonna be all right. He's coming back. Just like he said he would. Everything's gonna be all right. He's coming back. For the true and good. He's coming back just like he said he would. Everything it's gonna be alright. Now, that sounds all fine and well. I know. I know. That sounds all fine and well. It is so true, beloved. Okay? The resurrection says everything is gonna be all right. he showed them his hands and he showed them his feet. And notice what it says in verse 41, chapter 24. And they had this disbelieving joy. They disbelieved for joy. How do you have disbelieving joy? (laughs) Everything is gonna be all right. They know, they know, they know Jesus. Now they know, they've seen his hands. They see his hands and they they see his feet. They know it's not a ghost. Jesus is standing there in front of them. They know that he's standing in front of them and yet still they couldn't believe it. There's this disbelieving joy. Jesus shown them the wounds in his hands. He's shown them the wounds in his feet And they still could not believe it. It It's disbelieving joy. You know the Lord has promised to provide for all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And still, you're looking and you're saying, man, I know, but there's still more money. Then there is money. There's this disbelieving joy. You know you know that there is joy coming in the morning, but you still spend the night in tears. There is this disbelieving joy. You know lately. I was, I've had some health challenges and the doctors have not been able to figure out exactly what they are and every day the pain can make you think you're seeing ghosts. And you know what happens when you see ghosts? You get scared. That's what happens. See? Y'all thought the disciples only saw ghosts. Pain makes you see ghosts all the time. Anything that gets you scared Cause you to see ghosts. That's what ghosts are. When you get scared, those are ghosts. I've been seeing ghosts lately. I hear the Lord saying, Son, the only ghost see my hands. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm here. They see my feet. I'm here. I'm with you. Everything is going to be all right. Everything It's going to be all right. You're only seeing ghosts. You're only seeing ghosts. You hear me, beloved? You're only seeing ghosts. You're only seeing ghosts. Everything. It's gonna be alright. That's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. That's what he's saying to us this morning. That's what he's saying to us this morning. Whenever you're scared, you only see ghosts. You only see ghosts. He's alive. He's right there, he's right there, he lives, he lives. How sweet to hold, the songwriter says, a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives. But greater still, the calm assurance That child can face uncertain days because the Savior lives. Those days may be uncertain, but Jesus isn't. He lives. He lives. Those disciples might not have been, might have been afraid. Jesus wasn't. You know how you know? Jesus said, "Y'all got any fish? <laughs> Your boy's good. <laughs> Y'all got any fish?" He assured his disciples that it was him, beloved, that he was alive and. And then he commissioned them. He gave them a message. He gave them the gospel, the good news that he was alive. And notice, notice this, notice this. And he said to them in verse 44, this is, what, this is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law and the prophets and the Psalms. Jesus, now get this, Jesus was about to leave them again. Okay, Jesus was about to leave them again. And this time, it was, was gonna be for longer than three days. And since this was gonna be for longer than three days, they were gonna to have to get this right. Okay, we can't have this hiding again. Okay, we can't have this backing up. We can't have this slipping back. We can't have this confusion. We can't have this going back and everybody's splitting up. The band gotta to hold together. Okay. The bands got to hold together. Everybody's got to hold on to the instrument. Everybody's got to play their part. Okay. So we got to get this right this time. They must know the mission. Now he had taught them this before on many occasions, but this time there's gotta be clarity. There's gotta be understanding what the Bible said about him and the content of their preaching. And so in verse 45 and 40, uh, through 48, the Bible says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures and he told them, this is what is written The Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. In his name to all nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. You are my faithful witnesses if you preach and teach these things. That's it. That's it. The Messiah will suffer, rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. This is it. This is why we're here. This is why this is important. This is why we're here. There's a lot of people since then, and even today, preaching and teaching a lot of things. Jesus knew there would be. This is why he told the disciples, you gotta get this right guys. Cause everybody's gonna have a YouTube channel. Right. Right. <laughs> everybody's gonna have a podcast. Everyone's gonna have a microphone. And everybody's going to have a street corner. And the man on the corner is not only going to have herbs and incense, but he's going to have a whole bunch of answers too. He's going to have his videos. He's going to have his pamphlets. He's going to be talking about new moons and Sabbaths and holidays and birthdays and earth gods and sun gods and a whole bunch of other gods. But if you will listen... If you would listen to Jesus this morning, Jesus will make it plain. He will make it plain because Jesus will show that it's all about him. And Jesus will show that Moses is dead that Joshua is dead, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are dead, but Jesus is alive, that David is dead, that Isaiah is dead, that Elijah is dead, that Jesus and Jesus alone is alive. And that's why it says in Colossians 1 and 28 that is he is the one who we proclaim we preach him that is what jesus said jesus said we preach Jesus. This is what Jesus sent his disciples to do. He told them, you will preach me. You will preach me. You will preach me in my name. He says, you will preach my death. The Messiah must die, but in three days he will be raised. You will preach his death. You will preach his resurrection. What? In his name. You will preach faith faith in who in Jesus not in Moses not in the law but you will preach faith in Christ and in Christ alone you will preach repentance repentance from what repentance from sin but through Christ in the name of Christ and Christ alone you will preach the you preach forgiveness of sin forgiveness of what forgiveness of sin through the name of Christ and in the name of Christ and Christ alone, beloved. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know we don't do it anymore. I know we don't do it anymore because we're too sophisticated. We're too grown up. We're too educated, okay? But when I was young, did you know that there was power in the name of Jesus? Did you know that? I don't know if you knew. there used to be power in the name of Jesus Jesus said in the text today that there's power in the name of Jesus there's deliverance in the name of Jesus there's healing in the name of Jesus There is deliverance in the name of Jesus, that there is no name sweeter than the name of Jesus, that there is glory still in the name of Jesus. There is still something, something, something about that name. There is still something, something. Something about that name. And that's why we preach it. That's why we teach it. That's why we believe it. There's still power in the name. Precious name. Oh, what name? Glory, glory, glory glory be to that name no sweeter name have i ever known no sweeter name have i ever 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 known let's pray